Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I am Tim. The topic of our podcast today is... Oh, we have a real his, a real history to- topic today. I'm so excited. Do we? Yeah. I mean, I like serial killers. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> you, you like serial killers. Well, some, don't you know, get some, him wrong. Don't get me wrong, though. I, I enjoy a good, uh, serious history topic, and we have one today. It's the Scott Burroughs Boys. Um, nine young uh, black teenagers who were um, arrested and tried and convicted of rape in the south in Alabama, Scottsboro, Alabama, back in 1931. We're going to talk about uh, this dark chapter in our history. But before I do, let me introduce my, my colleagues. I have to my left... A woman who is dressed in all green today. She sort of looks like a shamrock, a big shamrock. I'm not in all green. You got green. I have a shirt, a green shirt. Well, That's I can a, only see your shirt from here. There's a big difference between that and looking like an Eminem. She liked the she liked the news manual. You know, I don't even know if she got pants on. Well, yeah, or like she's like a like Wouldn't a judge, you like to know? like a judge, <laughs> naked under his robe. She looked like an insane leprechaun. But anyway, we're happy to have with us the very talented, the Queen of Mean, the Mistress of the Macabre, the uh, Devil's a Dirty Little Secret, Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? I'm good, Timmy. How are you? Well, I'm good. I'm excited we're going to do a real history topic today. I will. Whatever. Because my peeps voted for it. On, on They did. They on. did. And I want to thank all of our peeps because thanks to them. I have a playlist now that I can listen to. Oh yeah, if you if you're and it is wonderful. If you listen to our podcast, we encourage you to join. Except for Lou Reed, he sucks. Lou Reed is God. If you um, Lou Reed blows ass. No, Lou Reed. Lou Reed is dead. First of all, so have well, a little respect for the dead. Lou Reed and whatever chicken he was choking when he sang is dead. You are true. There is nothing. Lou Reed is gone. You know what? Lou Reed was. You know what Lou Reed reminds it, me be of? Be careful. It, uh, I'll, know, I'll, I'll get it. I'll bring. I'll jump on. Would you like to introduce all, me? No, so I've got to. First, I want to say, tell the people that if they're listening and they're, they haven't joined the History Dreams, the podcast, Facebook page, to do so because uh, there's a lot of cool people there. We talk about a lot of different And cool us. Topics. Well, I, there's a lot of cool people, and then there's us. Well, I was referring to us. Basically, I wouldn't have. 
But anyway, uh, History Dweebs, the podcast, it's a group, a public group on Facebook. Join us. You'll get a vote on the topics that we cover, and it's all kind of cool stuff going on there, so, so join us. And now, let me introduce uh, a man that really needs no introduction, so let's not give him one. Oh, that's right. Does that mean he can't talk? Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, let, let me introduce a man who apparently has hired his own public relations firm to... Uh, take pictures of him holding babies and kissing. Random babies. Yeah, random babies. That is not a random baby. That is my great my, my great niece Juniper. Just me. Anyway, really she's got he's he's got a. He, That's the Colonel kissing babies. I'm not on trying, the campaign trail again. He's trying to win over the female uh, members of our uh, group. I, he, obviously, he's trying to get in someone's pants. I'm not sure who. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, not everybody talks as thinks like you, Timmy. <laughs> anyway, you do? Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but not everybody. Yeah, he does, <laughs> of course. But anyway, let me introduce the very talented, uh, the debonair, the uh, most dangerous man in podcasting today, Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm doing. I'm doing mighty well, Timmy. How about you? Well, I'm doing fine. I'm excited. We finally get to talk about a, a significant you know, history topic. And Dorothy's going to be. Uh, how many people did these people kill? Zero. This is going to disappoint Dottie. Yeah. Dottie ain't going to. Dottie ain't going to be she, happy about this. She likes. She does like multi murderers. Can I get back to Bob Dylan and Lou Reed? No. Uh, no. All I'm saying is, in, in, in Bob Dylan and Lou Reed, they're supposed to be these great. Lyricists, they write these great songs. That's fine. They shouldn't sing. But when it sings, it's like they got a big spunk bubble coming out their mouth. Oh my God, Rebecca! Oh my God! It? Okay. Oh yeah. A, Had you're it. not supposed to announce it. And don't hit the table. And, like yeah. That. B, don't hit the table. That was a like boom. That. Drop the mic. The colonel dropped the mic here. Let me drop the mic. Oh, no. The colonel. The colonel dropped the mic. Walked away. Should okay. not have dropped the mic. Spunk bubble. I got it. Okay, Colonel. Um, I love Lou Reed. Lou Reed was great. You, you took have, a walk you, on the wild side. You have to. You have to either. Be a, you have to either be a tranny lover or a heroin addict to appreciate Lou Reed. So, <laughs> which one are you? Why can't I be both? Why well, he dated both? So. <laughs> okay, Colonel. <laughs> Shout outs. <laughs> shout outs. You know, the shout outs are just so hard. Let's see. We got. Uh, <laughs> no, it keeps growing and growing. Somebody get me. <laughs> Pretty some, soon the whole show is just going to be shout outs. And everybody say, see us next time. Huh? I know. But quick. No. Somebody quick. Quick. Give me a shout out. Stephanie. Ha. Got that. Those play on words there, the Colonel. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're clever. You're Very so clever. clever. Very clever. Wow. We um, do want a special shout out to Beverly, who is. Uh, Recovering, and we're thinking of you, Beverly. So get well. Yeah, uh, Rebecca, I just gave you a shout out. Tara, you crazy ass. Um, Why does he? Let's get see. So I'm going. I'm going completely. Lisa, um, you know we always like to have you around. Sharon Fraley, it's always Charlie. Sharon is my and cousin. Rebecca, by the way. And uh, Sharon's my cousin. Is she really? Yep. Did you go to prom with her? No. Okay, then that ain't She's a real than me. Um, I had to go to. I did go to. My my mom made me go to my prom with my cousin though. <laughs> yeah, of course she did. Yeah. Well, he was pissed. <laughs> Not that he was. Especially um, if you have to buy you a boutonniere. 
I didn't bring a boutonniere. Dude, I'm telling you. I used the little t-shirt, the tux t-shirt. Uh, well, I wish that my child would do that because right now I'm about $200 sunk into this fucking prom. He better get laid. And he's a boy. Ew. And he's a boy. I can't even imagine if it was like a girl. Well, I got two hundred dollars sunk into this. That's not including you, the tickets. You have you taking him aside. You tell him how much you spent mm-hmm. and say, "Son, you better get laid." I will not. Well, you know what? Michael Bird. So I want to give him a shout out because oh, he loves David Brothers with us. Yeah. Um, Chris Catlett for putting up with backdoor buttercup all that time. Brittany, um, young Brittany, Phyllis Monson, Celine, um, Celine, and the person most likely. They have their basement dug up and find a bunch of bodies in it. Allie from Down Under. Allie Walters. Um, now we also got Marvin from Down Under. Yeah, yeah, we do have Marvin from mm-hmm. Down Under. Carla Nelson, the Crazy Cat Woman. Kim Taylor. Rebecca. Rebecca. I already, already got Rebecca. Rebecca. Okay. Times. John Cunningham. Bree. Love her hard. Jessica Bishop. Alicia Bellamy. Marvin. Marvin Hammond. I love that name. That just sounds like a good just gospel singer. Marvin Hammond. He should be... Derek. And Eric. Yeah. Erica. So, and, and I'm passionate. sure Erica Clemens, yeah. Elise, of course. Sharon, I may have covered her already. All right. That's good um, for today. And, of course, the lovely Dottie Scott. Bob Mears and Sons Painting. Scott. Scott, you know, Scott ain't getting no he ain't getting no damn shout-outs because he cost me the presidential election. I don't think he did. I think that gash that's on your face cost you the presidential election. Um, Brandy, do you have any shout-outs before we get jumped into these? Why you got to be no, such he, a... No, you know, he went through our whole listenership, so... Yeah. yeah. Why you got to be such... I appreciate all of you, and yes, thank you... Mary Ray, and if we for forgot anyone, we're sorry. You gash know, tell me, what in does, your face. What does a pair of plies and the devil have in common? Gash in what? your face. They're both tools, Timmy. Both oh. tools. Oh, that, oh, wait. That, oh, oh. <laughs> what the hell? There you go, Terry. That was fucking retarded and a third grade joke. Hey, listen here. Shut your fart knocker, woman. Okay, okay, okay. Let's get into the story. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? You know, it, it, these need to Just be subtle. You know, like you got a bad case of swamp you're, ass over there. You're like going down a list. Be subtle. <laughs> you better hope. Be so Really? Wait a minute. What should he shut? You better hope. I don't have a case of small ass. <laughs> well, you, shut your cock holster and let's get started. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's get started with the Scottsboro River Boys. Okay, so we're going to go back in time. That's is what the history podcast tends to do. Well, we haven't done any podcasts on the future yet. So. Oh, they're going to be fun. We're going to go back. Yeah, let's do a podcast on the future. Timmy, let me see. You're in Thailand. You're married to a 22-year-old woman, and she's changing your diapers. She lives in, in a van down you. by the river. What's with, with Lanny. me? Lanny. Lanny. Yeah. <laughs> Lanny, who works at... Yeah. Uh, who, who works at... The, where is it? Pet Boys. Pet Boys. And the colonel has moved into Hugh Hefner's mansion. No. And they're just milling happening. about with... Uh, no. with, uh With your bathrobe Bustacious naked women. I know. There's a good chance you're in the institutionalized. <laughs> I think it's a good chance you're going to end up as a floater in the river. But <laughs> that's, that's I'm good. just saying. All right. Can I talk about the Scottsboro's boys? I you would. I would tell the prize. We've been waiting here all day. All right. I'm setting the scene. Let picture it. Picture it. To do. Picture it. The South in 1931. The Great Depression. Jim Crow laws. 
What's the date? Segregation. What's 1931. The date? No, I mean... It's early spring in 1931. Early spring. So, okay, so maybe hot... Maybe, maybe like a day like today, perhaps. Maybe tornadoes. Maybe. Oh, my God. So, for those of you who are not from the United States, we should set the, set the background a little bit. We already At, did. After the Civil War, um, there, uh, the, the southern states were not... They were not on board. All of them were not on board with this whole... Um, Desegregation. Desegregation thing. So they passed laws that institutionalized segregation between the whites and the blacks. And those laws were called, Colonel? Those laws were called the Jim Crow laws. Yes. Me? And do you know where that name Jim Crow comes from? Yeah. Tell me. Of course he does. Well, Why the hell wouldn't he know? Jim was a guy who did not like to sit with, he didn't like to sit with any other kind of people. Scandinavians, okay, Norwegians, especially black people. Stop. Jim Crow. <laughs> there was, you know, you you know the old entertainers that used to enter that used to do sing in blackface. Is he named after one of those crows on Dumbo? No, oh, I love those crows. They're what they called them, jumping Jim Crows, the guys who would sing in blackface. And so it was, it's a derogatory term. It's like calling someone from you know West Side of Cincinnati a redneck. So it would be what like. Hey, how are you saying redneck <laughs> on the redneck. radio? They're for. not redneck. That's drug. <clears throat> white trash. All right, white, white trash. trash. So it would be like, like it, yeah. white trash laws. Yeah. So when we, we use the word we have crow, it, it, it's really a derogatory term. Okay, anyway. But anyway. Well, I, we're going to have to agree to disagree because I believe mine was more accurate. But it wasn't. White uh, trash. Yours was, mine was based in fact, and yours were based in. Again, uh, your we hallucinations. agreed to d- disagree. Yeah. So anyway, these laws would separate whites and blacks from rest- restaurants, from hotels, water fountains, movie theaters. Um, blacks, a lot of times blacks could not vote. And if you couldn't vote, you couldn't serve on juries because that's where they get the jury pool from, right? So a lot of times the uh, jury pool- pools were made up of totally of white people. Well, they had liter- <clears throat> Back then they had liter- literacy tests yeah. that clearly I would pass. <laughs> um, I'm not sure I'd be able to vote. <laughs> yeah, either. I'm not sure I would want to vote anymore anyway. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, and, and the poll taxes. And the poll taxes where they would have They to did pay. everything they could to keep... They when, when they made it legal for blacks to vote, Mm-hmm. They did everything they could to uh, disenfranchise. Disenfranchise. That's a good word, Tim. Thank you. You got a lot of college in behind. I got some. I got some there. I got some learning. Yeah, you do. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, our story takes place in um, Scottsboro, Alabama. Just imagine a William Faulkner book. Yeah, yeah. actually, imagine Harper Lee's "To Kill a Mockingbird" because it's basically the whole story. Or "To Kill a Jim Crow." Yeah. So anyway, uh, no, the story uh, Harper Lee's uh, "To Kill a Mockingbird" was based on this story. So, well, in part. So the Scott Burroughs boys were nine African American teenagers who were riding trains. Now remember, this was during the Great Depression. They were hobos. They were hobos. They were hobos, and we're going to have a big hobo conversation a little bit later on. But let me get get started in this because I, for one, love hobos. You got like six pages, so I'm going to be here till tomorrow yeah, well, until you finish that. All right. So anyway, um, these nine young uh, black teenagers were riding on a train, and what would happen uh, during the Depression is uh, when there would be no jobs available, people jump on, hop on trains, right, and they go to the next town looking for jobs. It's pretty common. 
transient workers, itinerant workers, and migrant uh, workers. That's basically you know people were doing this all over the country, and on this particular train in Alabama, um, there were these nine uh, black teenagers. And there were some white guys on the train. Alabama is deep south. Yes, yes, it's deep south. And there were some white guys on the train, and the white guys were a bit, shall we say, jerks. And they ordered the the the, the black guys to get off the train. Not so they, just let me get this straight. Yeah. Even amongst hobos, you had discrimination. You did. You did. It you just it goes it goes to show you. Now, when, when the colonel was a small child. Yeah. As I told you, and some of you may know, I grew up in a project. Mm-hmm. Right? Lord. Now, we was the poorest of the poor. Yeah. Okay, now this was all African-American people in the projects. Colonel was one of the few uh, Caucasians. Mm-hmm. But there was a project about a quarter mile away from us. We considered those people trashy. Yeah. And it just goes to show you that no matter where you're at, you can always find somebody else to look down on. That was such a fascinating yeah. story. And, uh, and so, well, you know what? You know why you don't I, understand I, that? Because no matter where you at, devil, you look down on everybody. I have a lot of paper here. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I'm just telling you. All right. So it was discriminating against hobos. Yeah. That's, so you had these white guys on the train. And they're riding, trying. You know, they're riding the rails, trying to find work. You had the black guys on the train. Riding rails, trying to find the work, and there's this altercation, right? The white guys say this is a, a white train to get off. <laughs> the black guys say, "Fuck your hobos like that." What are you talking about? White hobos only. Uh, and there's an altercation, and the ends up the white guys get off the, the train, whether they were thrown off or they chose to get off, whatever. They got off the train. So, uh, being a little bit pissed at being uh, kicked off the train, they went and told the local authorities that, you know, these black guys were on the train causing trouble. The local sheriff calls, or wires or whatever, contacts the next town over, which was Scottsboro, to say, hey, you got trouble on the way. They've got some of these hobos. Right here in River City. Hobos who were uh, riding the rails. And remember, this is the Great Depression, Twenty over 20% unemployment. I do remember. Thousands of men and women are doing this. So they call, they contact uh, the authorities in Scottsboro. And when the train arrives, they pull these uh, young men off the train uh, to arrest them for vagrancy. Now, when they got off the train, the the, the nine uh, black teenagers got off the train. Also getting off the train with them were two white women, Victoria Price and Ruby Bates. White women are nothing but trouble. Well, now, where do where do women fall in the hierarchy of hobos? I, I'm not, I guess below the white men, but above the black people. I don't know. And these two particular women, Victoria Price and Ruby Bates, they were hitching a ride on the train, claiming they were looking for work like everyone else. Now, 
there's been speculation that they were known prostitutes. Oh, but they were looking for work. Well, mm. but there's also, uh, you know, that's disputed. So who knows? Well, when but you're certainly hooker, when you're a hooker, you got to go where the dick is. Well, the thing you is, do got to go where the dick. The, I'm telling you, the thing is that dick ain't gonna come to you. It's not, and they have to have money and a dick. Come on. <laughs> well, the thing is, of course, this is the Deep South, and if you're two white women getting off a train with nine black guys, you're probably looking at some trouble for yourself, right? So I would think I, so. They so to they were worried about the Man Act, Colonel. You know what the Man Act is? Yeah. Okay. Of course he does. You want yeah. to tell us? Well, it's it's the Man Act is um, a way to keep women down. Well, it was it was intended to keep men, women down. Well, um, also men had to protect, protect women. Mm. Well, not really. Um, it's it's to keep it. It, it, it is uh, the Man Act prohibited uh, women from going across state lines for with, immoral purposes. Right, and which women do that with all kinds of frequent. And you know what? This one I don't understand. Pretty much everything women do is immoral. <laughs> so if any time they cross the state line is going to be for a moral purpose. Yeah, that's some bullshit right well, there. Well, anyway, had they been, these women, this train was coming from Georgia, right? So had they been on, had they, the, the authorities there could have arrested them for violating the Man Act. They were looking at some time from in federal prison, right? Well, so, Woman Act. So in order to because um, we weren't allowed to think resolve that. so <laughs> so in in order to um, you know avoid that um, they claimed they were looking for work and that they were uh, raped by these nine black teenagers raped raped and this was is not rape yeah and then there you was prostitutes but they well rape. and this well, is you the can thing do that it, and this is the thing is because you know here's the tricky part of this whole story yeah you can do that you can do that what? we don't I mean it, it's pretty much uh, now it's pretty much uh, accepted that these girls these girls are making up the story right but the one Victoria Price went to her grave claiming that she was raped now Ruby Bates uh, uh, she didn't. She recanted. Uh, so she said that she did. She she wasn't raped later on, and she testified on the behalf of these nine young men. But in the first trial, she went along with Victoria, uh, who, and said that they were raped. And later on, she claims that they were in the hobo jungle the night before, and they had some boyfriends. They were in the hobo jungle. Yeah, there was a hobo jungle, and that's because they they did a rape test on him, right? And um, they did not find any indication that there were cuts or bruises or blood that would be consistent with the rape, although they did find semen. So, oh, so they found no injuries but swimmers hovering around yeah, the it, douche canoe. Yeah, they found dead semen. So, they, dead semen? Dead semen. They found so, dead semen in their Yeah. But they did not <laughs> arrest them for murder. So it was obvious that it wasn't like, you know, that they did not um, have intercourse in, you know, um, their, in, you know, as they said, you know, as they were claimed. Spit it out. What? As they were raped. <laughs> as they were raped by They're saying they were raped by nine guys, and, you know, right before the police came and pulled them off the train. So hold on. What they were saying is. But later on. They got on the train and somebody pulled a train. Uh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> 
But remember, you know, Victoria Price sticks to her story throughout her life. In fact, she sues NBC News, who thought she was dead, and came out with this story talking about it like we are. And they called her a prostitute. She sued them. And she sat a while to court for a big sum of money. So she went to her grave, Victoria Price, standing by her story. But uh, our friend uh, Ruby, uh, Ruby uh, Gates, the other, uh, Ruby Bates, the other lady, there was an abrogation, and she recanted her story. Well, of course she did. That um, she was lies. Okay. Lies, all lies, all I lies. Tell you. But it ended up with these uh, nine young men serving a long time in Alabama prison, and they were actually uh, initially uh, sentenced to death. So we're going to talk about that. Before we get into all of that. Sentenced to death for two women hobos? Yes, sir. Now, like I said, it's, it's just a tricky story because, you know, what if the, the women were telling the truth? You don't want to blame the victim, but... For the evidence that the, look, the evidence doesn't suggest they were telling. As it. I said on the last show, if you're going to be a hobo, you got to expect some raping. Yes, you did say that. Raping comes with hobo. Uh, anyway, in, no means no, even manual. if you're a hobo. No, not if you're riding the rails. Um, There's no law. Let me tell you about. Stop the, talking. Can it's I like tell you about time? Can I tell you about Stop the defendants? Can I tell you about the defendants? Is that nine of them? Can you? Yeah, there's nine of them. I'll go through them quickly. Okay? <laughs> the first one is Char- Charles Weems. Figures he he could not go through hot butter quick. He was 19 years old at the time. He was the oldest of the Scottsboro boys when he was arrested in March 1931. He was from Atlanta. Um, he was involved. One of the He was one of the uh, boys involved in the fight on the train, on the train with the white guys. Had a very difficult childhood. His mother died when he was four, uh, and he was only one of uh, only one of his seven uh, siblings to survive childhood. He uh, he never completed the fifth grade, uh, and he worked just in a variety of jobs. Uh, the second uh, Scottsboro's boys was Clarence Norris. He was a second of eleven children born to Georgia sharecroppers. So we, you know we're talking about these guys are very very dirt poor. He only attended school to the second grade. Uh, then he began to work in, in the cotton fields in, in Georgia. He had a he had a good he had a job at a Goodyear plant working 16 hours a day. Uh, when his girlfriend left him, and he decided then to start riding the tra- railroad tracks and find work out elsewhere. Because uh, that seems like a good idea. After your well, you know, you know how you want to turn the page, and you know you try, try to sometimes. Go to a different location. Mm-hmm. When Norris, who had been one of those involved in the train fight, he was also involved with the train fight. He was accused um, uh, when he was accused of rape. He said, "I'm, I'm as good as dead." So he knew that they, were, you know, they were not going to get justice. Um, according to Norris, on the night before the first trial, he was removed from his cell, beaten. And told by the states, uh, told to turn states' evidence if he ever, if he wanted to save his life. So at the first trial, he testified that the other blacks' uh, defendants raped uh, the women. So, Worm. well, yeah, but they get the beating half to death. The third um, defendant, Andy Wright, was 19 at the time of his arrest. He was the old. He he was the older brother of Roy Wright, who was also on the on the train. And uh, Roy was 13. He was one of the younger ones. Uh, he, uh, again, was poor. He started driving a truck 
for work at age 12. Uh, had to, had no parents. Parents were dead. Uh, he like also, Chuck's. He also, yeah, like Chuck's. Well, you know, and that that does something to you, Timmy. It makes you an angry person. Yeah. And it, he was also involved in the fight, uh, but denied ever even seeing Price or Bates, the two women on the train. And they was ugly women. Well, I don't know if they were ugly. Just don't, just well, okay, let me ask person. you this. When's the last time you said, oh, that's one hot hobo right there? Uh, it's been a while. Ozzy Powell was 16 when he was, uh, and he was from Atlanta. He was 16 when he was arrested. He, he was not involved in the train fight, uh, but he witnessed it. Um, he did not even know any of the other guys on the train. Any of this other Scott, you know, he was just there. He's just trying to get a ride. Yeah, he was just trying to get a ride. His IQ was measured at 64. Yes. Uh, so he could only barely. So that would be four points higher than the devil. Yeah, there. he could only really? write, barely write his own name. So really? he was born in Royal had Georgia and had only one year of schooling. <laughs> oh, so, he probably couldn't even spell schooling. <laughs> no, he could barely skip, spell his own name. Um, so he had spent most of the years, three years prior to his arrest, working in lumber camps across the South. He was described as shy, quiet, and bashful. Then number five was Eugene Williams. He was 13 when he was arrested. Uh, he uh, worked as a dishwasher, and uh, he was just uh, following one of his friends along to see if he could find a better job somewhere else. There was really Robertson, who was 17. He was the one. He was one allegedly raped Ruby Bates uh, between Chattanooga and Memphis. Uh, Damn, that's a long ride. Yeah. Now he had a. Of course, severe, he was young. I guess he had a severe case of syphilis. Oh, with, with sores all over his genitals. Oh, that would made it impossible for him to even have intercourse. So, um, he was clearly they don't have a hobo dick inspector. Well, probably not, but he couldn't even get it up. But so, you know, he. But yet he was charged with rape. There was Olin Montgomery who was 17 at the time of his arrest. He was born in Monroe, Georgia. Um, he attended school to the fifth grade, uh, and then he started um, riding uh, rail cars looking for work. Uh, Hayward Patterson, is, he was probably one of the ones who was the most angry, and he spent most, the most time in prison because he was just not a happy camper, and uh, he would fight back at every, every turn. Uh, but he was born in uh, Georgia as well, and by the time he was 14, he was riding the rails. So he was 18 at the time of his arrest. And then finally, the ninth one, Roy Wright. I mentioned his brother earlier. He was the youngest. He was only 12 years old, the youngest of the Scott Burroughs boys. He was Andy Wright's youngest brother, um, and uh, he was also charged with, uh, with the uh, rape. Now, the other eight... Uh, were convicted in the first trial and all received uh, the death penalty. Um, but Rory White, because of his age and being the progressive, you know, state that Alabama well, yeah. is, yes, they just sentenced him to life in prison in his first trial. So, Brandy, tell us about um, Ruby and Victoria. Well. Little Miss Victoria grew up in a poor part of Huntsville, Alabama, um, and she worked in local cotton mills uh, when there was work to do, so she kind of migrated around looking for work. During the Depression, 
the mills only employed price and baits for a couple days a month, maybe five or six days a month. Uh, some of the other days, Price would, um, you know, get on the rails and go traveling for work. She was one of a vast army at the height of the Depression, um, moving from place to place by hopping trains. Price had gone to work at a, as a spinner at the age of 10. Is that a stripper? Spinner? I'm confused. A spinner is somebody who doesn't wear underwear but wears a skirt. Oh, okay. And they spin around they circles, spin around. and you see the douche. There is, there but then is. You have to pay for that view. There is, there is yeah. a, there is a, 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 in the, not that I know this, but in the prostitution world, mm-hmm. there is a term called spinner, and that's someone who is very thin who could sit on top of a man and spin around. Well, that's, uh, that's why I thought you got midgets. I feel better knowing that. I like our show to be education. <clears throat> I actually know what a spinner is. All right. Do you sons of bitches know what a spinner is? I, yeah, they, yeah, they had some hits back in the 60s. Yeah. Okay. No, no. We're not going to sing. We're not going to sing. She worked as a spinner at age 10. Okay, that's not funny. Alongside her mother. But after her mother suffered an injury, it's not funny anymore. It was a mother-daughter act. <laughs> uh, young Victoria moved, earned all the money that they had. So at 10, she's the primary breadwinner of the house. Well, I guess the mama was probably about 30 or so. I wish my four-year-old would get off, get up off his ass and start you earning some really money. You don't really know. I need to get out and get a oh job. Oh, my God. That's but you know, going to be a freeloader <clears throat> his whole life. If there's anything we've learned about so far. Now, Timmy, the, these, these, nine, these nine young men... They had uh, the highest I heard was a fifth grade education. Yeah, stay in school, kids. Are you going to be a hobo? Well, if you don't I, stay in I, school, you're going to be a hobo. That, maybe they didn't have that option. I don't think he was the leader. Look, you got to take responsibility for what you do, Timmy. Well, or you know the colonel believes this girl's believer. getting up at ten years old and going to work. She's yeah. a bre- she's a breadwinner. The, the, the point of this she's whole making it rain. <laughs> she was making it more than rain. The point she of this whole story is you got a lot of people with some sad stories here, right? So uh, in 1931, her wages were a dollar twenty a day, and that was only half that she was making before the depression in 1929. Well, she took a cut. She did take a cut. Oh, she needed a better union. At two. Forty, you know, she's so, bring, she's bringing in the dough at two dollars forty cents. Yeah, day. oh, she was living a high life. Yeah. She was just she. That's almost two downloads on <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> I know the the Huntsville deputy sheriff told a researcher for the American Civil Liberties Union that Price allegedly supplemented her earnings with prostitution. Gross. Yeah, and again, she denies that. Well, so. she was I'm, ten. I, I would deny it I, too. I am being fair to these young ladies. I don't believe their story, but she was know. making poor judgments already at ten. I, you know, and that's kind she, of what that was poor decision making. Yeah. I think it was a lot um, of bad decisions. For any ten-year-olds out there listening, she prostitution had a is a proclivity not. for black men, and um, she did. Proclivity. Uh, she said proclivity. Yeah, I know. Was that I one know. of the sneaking words or something, or did you just know that one? Did, did Timmy put that in the script? No, yeah. I know. I know words. Yeah, she, she okay. I know words. I know words. Don't explain it to me because I'm. They're only words. She had a preference. There's no preference. They're only words. And words are. All right. So Price herself insisted until she died that she was virtuous and was ruined by the black youths on the train. Okay. 
Ruby. That's her story. That's she's, her story, and she stuck to it. Stuck so hold on, she she prostituting herself at ten years old. But she says no. But she got ruined by hobos on the train. But she says that she was not prostituting at ten. She was but a simple spinner. Yeah. And like I said, she's uh, she sued NBC News doing the, the Lord's work. Because they, they thought she was dead. Well, did NBC News should have done their research a yeah, little bit better. Yeah, they should have done a little fact check. Did she win? They settled she out did. for it. Oh. So did you not that hear means, that part? He that, means, this yeah, that means yes. It confuses me. They settled out for it. But uh, let's see. Ruby Bates. Um, at the time, she accused the three black three black men of raping her. Ruby Bates was 17. She lived, like Victoria Price, in a poor neighborhood of Huntsville and worked in the mills. Wages in 1931, again, were half of what they'd been two years ago, and that was only when work was really available. That would have been 1929. <laughs> Thank you for the math lessons. <laughs> you can't do math. Although some nah, Southerners... Nah, is not. <laughs> although some Southerners there believe racial segregation was present at all levels of society, that just wasn't true. In the poverty-stricken parts of Huntsville, where Bates spent her time... Blacks and whites played together, drank together, and even sometimes slept together. For shame. Bates, who was white, had once been arrested for hugging a black man in public. This incident indicates the difference between behavior that was what that charge was and that hugging which was a black man in public. Against. It was on the books. Yeah. Uh, Bates. Stupid rule. Bates was the quieter of the two accusers. <laughs> I think we could all agree that's a stupid rule. Yeah. I think, you know, thank you for Tim that. Tim's over here morally, the clarity there he's morally outraged by this whole thing. Freaking rush. <laughs> I'm, I'm progressive. You really are. Yeah. Uh, let's see. She was the quieter of the two, um, and she was always a lot more vague about what happened on the train. Uh, for, but for the most part, she just let Price do all the talking and then just said, yeah, what she said. Okay. Yeah. At the she, first, she later recanted. Yes. I'll get to... Do, does it get to it? <laughs> yes. Am I part of the story? Yes. Go ahead. Please continue. I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. Because I've heard she's recanted now three times, and I'm pretty sure it's in my fucking script. Well, read the goddamn thing. Well, goddamn it, I'm trying. <laughs> fucking cum stains. I'm working on it. At the first trial in Scottsboro... What? Stop. We got to stop this. Could you just for one episode, you already blew this one, but for our next one, could you try to be a little more ladylike? You're like a woman hobo. You know what? There was an abnegation on um, Ruby Bates' part, and she recanted. I can only say... I had not heard that. When I picture the behavior of a woman hobo, I picture the devil in my head. Here's the, here, I'll tell you what. Next you just time, read. That's how I you will do, do my radio voice for you. Could you? I will. Could you just be lady? Yeah, let's get along with the story so I can talk about hobo days later on. Okay. <laughs> First of all, you don't talk to anybody about getting on with the story. <laughs> you got nothing. All right, so... At uh, the first trial in Scottsboro in 31, she confirmed the story they had told the posse. So there was a posse. He's a pussy Ooh. posse. Pussy posse. Clearly. Mm-hmm. At uh, Paint Rock, Alabama, on the day they came off the train and alleged that nine black teenagers had raped them. Uh, the prisoners were brought to court by, good God, 118 Alabama guardsmen armed oh, with machine guns. <laughs> <laughs> like these dumb sons of bitches are going to outmaneuver them. How would how, Here's the whole thing. How'd you like to be guard? just in the vicinity? Just step off the train and then. And if, if I, and, and you know, I, I'm sure we got listeners in Alabama. 
and I don't mean to offend them. But but the dumbest some bitches in the world come from Alabama half the time. No, Alabama, Florida, that's Mississippi. That's not true at all. That's not true. Forrest got from Alabama. Okay, but he some of the smart. some of the dumbest some bitches in the world are coming no, from Alabama. No, that's not true. And, and you know, you where, come, where do Cincinnati? Tell me the last Nobel Prize winner that came from Alabama. I've I've always met dumb son of bitches in Cincinnati. So well, they're dumb here too. You but that, we uh, gotta have Carl Sabin. He won the Nobel Prize. You know, yeah. had this had this train uh, had this train not stopped there and went seven miles further south, mm-hmm. it would have been the Huntsville boys, not the Scottsboro boys. This town has had been that's trying, amazing. They've been trying to live this down for you know eighty years. You know what? It, what fascinates me so much, uh-huh. and uh, is the boy had syphilis. So bad, he had sores. He couldn't couldn't get an erection. And doesn't the syphilis make you go blind? It makes Eventually. you crazy. Probably in the later stages. It goes yeah. into your mind. It makes well, you crazy. I thought it could make you go blind. So today I get a I get a call from my my son Taylor. Yes, syphilis. Who tells me he's got a, his eye has been burning for like a week. Mm-hmm. And it hurts when he rubs it. It's kind of red. Whatever. Uh, tell him to rub it. He's got pink eye. Well, no, I told him he probably got syphilis. Oh, well, yeah, I can see how you jumped don't, in. And he's like... Don't say he's got the stink eye. That's I terrible. I said, pink eye, you oh. dick. <laughs> I said he probably got syphilis. And he's a musician. Like, Taylor, Taylor, I apologize for uh, Brandy Coffin saying you had yeah. the stink eye. So anyway... pink eye! He's a musician. Yeah. Okay, and I said, well, you know, he's like, I don't have syphilis, Dad. It's something else. I said, you know, it could be syphilis. You could, he's like, what do you think it is? I said, well, you jump right, you to, jump right to syphilis. <laughs> you could be going blind. You Maybe could just be going blind. And he said, uh, well, that sucks. I said, well, no, son, you're, you're a guitar player. Think about you'll be a great guitar player if you go blind. Yeah. And he said, why like, the hell? Blind, you know what he blind said to me? women. He yes. said, why the hell would I want to play guitar if I can't see the girls? Yeah. And I said to him, Son, this opens up a whole new world to you because you ain't got to worry about the girls if they're pretty or not. If you're up, if you're completely blind, think about it. Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, they could be banging anybody. They don't care. Oh, I'm in the. It makes no difference at all. And you know what he said? He said, "I can always count on you to find a silver lining, Dad." I'm gonna need you to be quiet now so I can get through this. Yeah, because you know Tell Stevie Wonder was days. okay. Let me, the, I just continue, Brandon. But Taylor, Taylor went to, to the clinic and it apparently story. He has pink he, eye. He had, no, he scratched his eye. He does not have stink eye. He, he doesn't have stink eye. eye. Would you would you stop saying the name of my good boy to hear? Taylor he, again. He said he had syphilis. I, <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, Taylor. You, he, you, right. you don't have. He has a scratch on the surface of his eye. So is retina. Um. Um, I don't know. It's on his eye somewhere. If, it, if it's on his retina, he needs to get that taken care of right away. All I know is it cost me uh, $138. Great. Okay. So they're bringing the prisoners to town with the National Guard and a bunch of machine guns. These yeah. nine boys that are, oh, by the way. They're scared to death. They're scared to death. And by the way, what, how old's the oldest one? 15? No, the oldest the one's oldest 19. 19. 19. 12. Okay. 12, yeah. So these are not men. These, no, are these are boys. 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 They ain't werewolves for fuck's sake. They I know. They're not zombies. So, Did they have the silver bullets loaded up into some bitches? So it was market day in Scottsboro, luckily. When oh, what well, to town. Know. Yeah, so. I wonder if they had lots of fresh fruit. So, well, <laughs> so they were having their little outdoor market time, and soon a crowd formed, and courthouse access was required 
uh, or courthouse access required a permit due to the salacious <clears throat> nature of the testimony expected. It was yeah. quite salacious. Which was bullshit. Because they're going to talk about sex. As a, shh. They're going to talk about it. Why are you giving everything away in this friggin' story? They're going to talk about sex. The one lady recanted. You leave nothing. I'm sorry. I mean, this shit, we're done now. We know the end of the goddamn story. I'm I'm sorry. Son of a bitch. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I put together this whole podcast. Why can't help that? (laughs) What if you're going to give us parts, for fuck's sake? Why don't you let us do it? Why don't you? You do parts I don't give you. Wait a minute. Why don't you just get on there and go... These guys raped this girl, but one of them recanted the end. And they talked about sex. Please continue. And then talk about Hobo Fest. And then talk about Hobo Fest. I'm talking about Hobo Fest. The only thing we can agree on is our disdain for our producer. (laughs) All right. So everybody's got to have a permit to get in there. Uh, The Supreme Court later described the situation. Described the situation. As the proceedings took place in an atmosphere of tense, hostile, and excited public sentiment. You think? The Supreme Court, <laughs> the highest court in the land. You got the fucking National Guard there. And with machine, machine guns. <laughs> it's like they got ISIS down in Alabama. Right. Uh, clearly. <laughs> innocent until proven guilty. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, there was an all-white jury selected. Well. Um, there were few African Americans to pick from in the jury pool. And most have been disenfranchised since the turn of the century by the new state constitution and white discriminatory practice, known as we went as we talked about earlier as Jim Crow laws. Uh, and then, I don't know what that is. That's a crow. That's a chicken. No, that's a big crow. No, you're fucking that chicken. That's what you're doing. <laughs> and they were thus, thusly disqualified from jury service. Yeah, you, if you can't vote, you can't serve on the jury, and so you end up with all white juries. Uh, the pace of the trial was very fast, much like Tim's version of the podcast, <laughs> uh, and there was it was standing room, all white audience. The judge and the prosecutor wanted to speed the nine trials to avoid violence, so the first trial took a day and a half, and the <laughs> And the rest took place. We're only place. talking about the death penalty here. Yeah, right? sure. And the rest took place one right after the other in just one day. <laughs> well, seven. Yeah. Wait, Wait a minute. Why drag it out? Seven. It's like being at the deli when they got the numbers there. <laughs> yeah. Seven. Yelled eight. <laughs> eight. Yelled eight. <laughs> so the judge had or- ordered the Alabama bar to assist the defendants. Yeah, they get some real winners for defense attorneys. Too. Well, the only attorney who actually volunteered, to his credit, volunteered, was Milo Moody. <laughs> Leave Milo alone. Milo volunteered. I mean, I mean, in some ways, it took some balls to volunteer to, Milo, to defend these guys. And he's 69. He can use all the help he can get with balls. <laughs> Milo uh, was a little senile. Well, but Milo raised his hand and said, I did. Yeah, he, he, he was... He had some problems with senility. He did. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. Don't we all? Yeah. You know, Timmy, if you pass the bar, you could do this. Yeah, but I didn't. Take no, the you bar. did not. I did not take the bar. You did not pass it. Because I read this story, and I'm not going to be part of any system that is unjust. <laughs> and yet, here we sit. Yeah, here we yeah. sit. Continue. Okay. With you being a... You're kind of like a dictator. Why is all that chest hair open over there? Fasten that stuff up. He, he's... <laughs> Barry Gibb. My God. Don't. No, there's no singing. Put that all away. I got my chain on. No, I don't want to see your chain, your nips, or your chest yeah, hair. I'm feeling a little bit like away. Prince today. 
I feel well, like if I did that to like you, a... you'd be appalled. <laughs> so anyway, so we got Milo, this 69-year-old attorney, <laughs> who, had, who had not defended a case in decades. Ah, <laughs> eh, what the hell, I did. I'm on board. Yeah. I got nothing he else going on. I was asking for coffee. Who wanted coffee? Or go to the bathroom. Who raised his hand. I, yeah, I mean, at least he volunteered. The judge persuaded Stephen Roddy, a Ch- Chattanooga, Tennessee real estate lawyer, to assist him. So, <laughs> well, real, I mean, so hey, I got, if you got to gotta talk about a lien or something. Yeah, I mean, we're going yeah. to put a closing on this. So I'll help him. Uh, Roddy admitted he had not had any time to prepare and was not even familiar with Alabama law, <laughs> but agreed to aid Moody. And as Tim noted, prematurely, of course, Moody was believed to be in the early stages of senility. <laughs> and Roddy was a known alcoholic. So they don't, they don't really You're premature uh, ejaculating facts. <laughs> Let me get to the story here. You're premature ejaculating facts from your face. <laughs> they I'm just saying. They You're ejaculating really, facts from your face. They didn't really have Perry Mason down there. Oh, no, no. Ironside was nowhere to be found. Yeah. Right. This was well, not like to kill a mockingbird. Not at all. Uh, let's see. So what was the lawyer's name in that? I don't remember. Oh, it's a Finch was his last yeah. name. Yeah. Atticus. Was Atticus. Atticus. They did not have Atticus yeah. down there. Because Scout was the girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so we got crazy and drunky. <laughs> um, against accepted practice, Roddy presented both the testimony of his clients and the case of the girls. So even, if, <laughs> He's a even, even if Rowdy was sober, <laughs> he's still a real estate attorney. <laughs> yeah, but he's a twofer. Who didn't know anything about Alabama law. <laughs> Uh, because of the mob atmosphere, Roddy petitioned the court for a change of venue because there were more bars in the neighboring county. Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Entering into evidence newspaper Chad. and law formats. Yeah. Petitioning the courts for a change of venue, entering into evidence the newspaper and law enforcement accounts describing the crowd as impelled by curiosity. I don't know what that means. They had angry crowds. Yes, I got that. I just That's what impelled means? Yeah. Okay. See, not one of my words of the day, toilet paper things. Judge, Judge Hawkins found the crowd was was curious, but not hostile. No. Curious. No. Yeah. So it's all good. Kind of like your views toward lesbian. Yeah, you're curious. Curious, but not hostile. Okay. Uh... Clarence Norris, Chuck's when, brother, and when, Charlie Weems were tried first. Before we get into that, when, when was your first lesbian experience? Yeah, because we put it up on the Facebook page. It was page. at Hobo Fest. Uh, actually, we did put that up. We should have clarified it. Lesbian experiences count. Yeah. When we said, how old were you yeah. when you lost your virginity? Yeah. We did not put lesbian experiences count. So does your, does your statement <sighs> remain? Okay, back to Charlie Weems. And so Chuck Norris's brother and Charlie Weems were tried first. During prosecution testimony, Victoria Price stated that she and Ruby witnessed the fight, that one of the black men had a gun, and that they all raped her at knife point. Why would they rape her at knife point if the men had a gun? 
Right. Well, that doesn't make any sense. They, they didn't have Why the would they bring there a knife? Hobos. Why would they bring a knife to a gunfight? There was hobos. They didn't have. You know, hobos are not always the most organized. During cross examination, do not say bad things about hobos because I'm going to talk about hobo convention later. Okay, we have hobos to listen to this show. <laughs> we don't. Dear, well, we might. You During know, cross- the closest thing we got to a hobo is Scott. No. During cross-examination. He moves around all the time. He's always in a different city. Haven't you ever wondered about that? No, not really. Scott's always got he a He does picture. travel a lot. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Brandy. I think he rides to reps. To cross-examine, during cross-examination by Roddy, Price livened her testimony with wisecracks that brought roars of laughter. Because rape is funny. I tell you what, Price was a tough witness. And even, and even through all through the whole series of trials, even the you know when they bring in the New York attorney, yeah. uh, big city, I don't know. Well, so. they bring in a. a, a are you getting ready? Are you getting ready to ejaculate? <laughs> He's getting into my parts now. <laughs> all right, I'll Jesus shut up. Christ. I'll shut up. All right, uh, let's see. Doctor Bridges testified that his exam- examination of Victoria Price found no vaginal tearing, which would have indicated rape. And that she'd had semen in her for several hours. It's now, so how long semen stays? Stay? <laughs> I guess till they're both. How many semen? How many semen? I guess till their ship leaves. I don't yeah. know. I mean, it, does it have to be? I mean, how? What happens to it? Does it? it does it come back out? Well, I guess it, it eventually runs down your leg. Absorbed. It dies and gets absorbed. Mm. It does. Yes. That that doesn't run out, runneth out, gets, oh, I mean, gets absorbed. A douche, a douche can uh, runneth over. Runneth over. That's what I'm saying. Does it does it get, come out or does it just... Some of it, some of it may depend on your sperm. What the hell do you do? Do you just get up and run away after you have sex? Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. Well, he's got I usually a, have to. He's got a, he's got a bus to catch. <laughs> I, mean, what I, I mean, I usually have to, but... <laughs> No, okay. I, I'm just saying. Uh, 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 no, no, I, I, you got to remember, I'm single, so I, I use certain precautions, right? Well, if you don't use fake those name, pre- fake name, yeah, <laughs> yeah, fake phone number, yeah, yeah, Nixon mask, because <laughs> you got all the tail chasing you. <laughs> but so, my point is really. Where does it go? <laughs> it gets absorbed. Okay, it gets absor- it's like a sponge. If it doesn't run out, it's it like gets a sponge absorbed into the body. So you, or it hits the egg, cracks it open, makes a baby. Well, I know that part. No, but I mean it hits the egg and fertilizes it. Unless you got the high octane like the kernel, which hits the egg, rebounds, splits it right in half. I know, and you have to. Yours is like ping pong. Yeah, but. I got sword wielding Chuck's little spermers. Chuck sperm is like Russian roulette kind of because you know 50% of it's gay, <laughs> 50% of it's not. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, watch out for Either it. way is okay, yeah. but you're never quite sure what you're going to get. Right. I got diversity goo. He has, uh, pink, uh, I got the he, goo. he has pink sperm. I've got the goo of diversity. I got rainbow color. It's rainbow color. Yeah, rainbow. It marches proudly. <laughs> it does. All right. Nothing so, wrong with that. Ruby, I did have twins though. I no shit. Which means that it had to. I had identical twins, which is different than fraternal. Fraternal is yeah, two eggs yeah. you fertilize. Do you think it's the time identical for that? We're not talking is about when you twins. split one in half. Now they ain't the woman doing that. That's the man doing that. God, I'm sorry. Yeah, you I did all the work. Question. I know you. Well, you should be. I did do all the work. Is so, it like it's coming out from one of those Ruby, nozzles into a Ruby Bates. Yeah, Ruby. 
failed to mention that either she... Did she take her love to town? She did. Clearly. She took she, a train. She took her love to the caboose. So did any of them get her in the caboose? <laughs> this Ruby, is a sad story. Ruby failed to mention that either she or Price was raped until she was cross-examined. The prosecution ended the testimony from three men who claimed the black Utes fought the white Utes, put them off the train, and took charge of the white women. You know who they needed? They needed Vinny. Uh, Vinny's, his, Vinny's uncle. My cousin? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, his, yeah cousin. Well, wait. They got somebody even better. I'll tell you about him. All right. Well, or Tim can. When he, <laughs> yeah. you know. As I'm about to. Yeah. Jump in the prosecution rested without calling any of the white Utes as witnesses. During the defense testimony, defendant Charles Weems testified that he wasn't part of the fight, that Patterson... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Had the pistol, and that he'd not seen the white girls on the train until the train pulled into Paint Rock. Defendant Clarence Norris stunned the courtroom by implicating the other defendants. He denied participating in the fight or being on the gondola car where the fight took place. This is the one that got beat up by the <coughs> by the uh, the, uh, the guards. But. He said that he saw the alleged rapes by the other blacks from his spot atop the next boxcar. He didn't stop it. He just watched. The defense put on no further witnesses. Well, they didn't have the internet to watch porn back there, so he just had well, to stand sure. on the boxcar. Darren, good Lord. During closing, the prosecution said, if you don't give these men death sentences, the electric chair might as well be abolished. The glove doesn't fit. You must acquit. Yeah. Uh, the defense made no closing argument at all because they were passed out or wandering around the lawn. Nor did it address the sentencing of the death penalty or they for their were, Or they were closing on a, on a <laughs> house. Yeah. Did the old senile guy thought he owned? Walk around out on the lawn with his bathrobe open. Love his heart. Uh, the court started the next case while the jury was still deliberating the first. The first jury deliberated less than two hours before returning a guilty verdict. 
It also imposed the death sentence on both Weems and Norris. The trial for Haywood Patterson occurred while Norris and Weems' case was still under consideration by the jury. When the jury returned its verdict from the first trial, the jury from the second trial was taken out of the courtroom. When the verdicts of the guilty were announced, the courtroom erupted in cheers, as did the crowd outside. A band there to play a show for the Ford Motor Company cars outside began playing Hail, Hail, the Gang's All Here, (laughs) and there'll be a hot time in the old town tonight. The celebration. Well, the celebration was so loud that it was heard by the second jury waiting inside. After the outburst, the defense of Patterson moved for the defense of Patterson moved for a mistrial, but Judge Hawkins denied the motion and testimony continued. During the second trial's prosecution testimony, Victoria Price mostly stuck to her story, stating flatly that Patterson raped her. She accused Patterson of shooting one of the white youths. Dr. Bridges repeated his testimony from the first trial. Uh, let's see. Patterson defended his actions, testifying again that he'd seen Price and Bates in the gondola car but had nothing to do with them. On cross-examination, he testified that he had seen all but three of those Negroes ravish that girl, but then changed his story. He said he'd not seen any white women. <laughs> Where the white women at? Until the train got to Paint, Walk, Paint Rock. The younger Wright brother testified that Patterson was not involved with the girls, but that nine black teenagers had sex with the girls. Nine now? Even the guy with the spotted pecker. On cross-examination, Roy White testified that Patterson was not involved with the girls, but that the, the long, tall black fella had the pistol, and he's not here. He claimed also to have been on top of the boxcar, and that Clarence Norris had a knife. Top of that boxcar is getting crowded. At which point, the attorney for the defense objects and claims that there the deed is not valid. <laughs> Co-defendants Andy Wright, Eugene Williams, and Ozzy Powell all testified that they did not see any women on the train. Olin Montgomery testified that he sat alone on the train and didn't know any of the referenced events. That son of a bitch didn't know nothing. Yeah, I don't know nothing. Why are you looking at me? He wasn't no, like, me. He wasn't even on that boxcar. He was, yeah. he was on another train altogether. <laughs> I'm not even black. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you on me? What are you on the train? The jury quickly convicted Patterson and recommended death by electric chair. Within weeks, jury convicted and sentenced eight of the young men to death in the electric chair. And the, the, again, the defense... Objective, objective, constructive eviction. Exactly. Twelve-year-old um, Roy White's ordeal ended in a mistrial when eleven of the jurors held out for the death penalty, but one juror disagreed. Judge Hawkins set the executions for July tenth, nineteen thirty-one, the earliest date Alabama law allowed. While appeals were filed, the Alabama Supreme Court issued indefinite stays of execution. 72 hours before the defendants were scheduled to die. The men's cells were next to the execution chamber, and they heard the July 10th, 1931 execution of William Hoax. So that was just execution day. Uh, a black man from St. Clair County convicted of murder. So they were just lining them up on mm-hmm. July 10th. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they was cranking up the jet. They brought in the extra generator well, since they already for the electric got it, chair. Since it's already on. Well, I... 
I don't know why they didn't just do them two at a time. Why? Since it's already on. We'll go That's ahead. what caused global warming, executing all those people back then. I know. They later recalled that he died hard. Hmm. Uh, word of the trials was getting out and produced protests in New York, Chicago, and many other northern cities. After a demonstration in Harlem, the Communist Party took an interest in the Scottsboro case. Because communists are nothing if not just, just well, and well, empathetic. For sure, they were looking for you know the downtrodden down now. Our uh, friend Trixie. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see. Chattanooga party member. Trixie's a communist. Well, I think so. More socialist. Yeah, yeah, big difference there. I know, but uh, she's a nice person either way. Okay, really? Anyway, I thought she was an anarchist. So I, the, Allie I is love an, anarchists. Ali is an anarchist. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the communists took an interest. Yeah. Chattanooga Party member James Allen edited the communist Southern Worker and publicized the plight of the boys. The party used its legal arm, the International Labor Defense, or ILD, to take up their cases and persuaded the defendant's parents to let the party champion their cause. The ILD retained attorneys George W. Cham- Chamley? Chamley. Chamley who filed the first motions in Joseph Brodsky. Yeah, Brodsky was from New York. He was Jewish, so I don't know what that thought there. Well, let's bring in a Jew, uh, New York Jewish attorney down to Alabama to represent these guys. It's always a good idea. Yeah. Uh, the NAACP also offered to handle the case, offering the services of famed attorney Clarence Darrow. Well, he had to be 150 years old at that I point. I know. Uh, however, the Scottsboro defendant deci- defendants decided to let the ILD or the Communists handle their appeal. Chamley moved for new trials for all defendants. Private investigations took place revealing that Price and Bates had been prostitutes in Tennessee who regularly serviced both black and white clientele. Champ- Chamley offered Hawkins affidavits to that effect, but the judge forbade him to read them out loud. The defense argued that this evidence proved that the two women were like, had likely lied at trial. Following Judge Hawkins' denial of the motions for a new trial, attorney George W. Chamley filed an appeal and was granted a stay of execution. Chamley was joined by Communist Party attorney Joseph Brodsky uh, and ILD attorney, so we got another guy in here, Irving Schwab. The defense team argued that their clients had not had adequate representation, had insufficient time for counsel to prepare their cases, had their juries intimidated by the crowd, and finally, that it was unconstitutional for blacks to be to have been excluded from the jury. Clarence Darrell would have been 71 years old at the time. Yeah, too old. Of course, they got that other guy. They got that other guy on there who was senile and 108. Roddy. Roddy. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I think I'd rather have Clarence Darrow as a real estate, uh, a real estate attorney with uh, Alzheimer's. But you know, uh, let's see. In the question of procedural errors, the state supreme court found none. On March twenty fourth of nineteen thirty two, the Alabama Supreme Court ruled against <coughs> seven of the eight remaining Scottsboro boys, confirming the convictions and death sentences of all but thirteen year old Eugene Williams. It upheld seven of eight rulings from the lower court. The Alabama Supreme Court granted 13-year-old Eugene Williams a new trial because he was a juvenile, which saved him from immediate threat of the electric chair. 
The case went to the United States Supreme Court on October 10th, 1932. So they had some compassion. Yeah. Amidst tight security. They didn't want to execute the 12 or 13 year old. So yeah. they, they were sensitive people. Yeah, they'll fry the 14 year old, <laughs> The ILD retained Walter Pollock to handle the appeal. Alabama Attorney General Thomas Knight Jr. represented the state. Pollock argued that the defendants had been denied due process, first due to the mob atmosphere, and second because of the strange attorney appointment and their poor performance at trial. (laughs) Inadequate (laughs) defense. Last, he argued that African Americans were systematically excluded from jury duty, contrary to the 14th Amendment. Knight countered that there had been no no mob atmosphere at the trial, and pointed to the finding by the Alabama Supreme Court that the trial had been fair and representation able. They were just having a big bonfire outside the courtroom. He told the court that he had no just apologies. Just a cross that they were burning yeah. at the time. <laughs> we, were, we were having some wars. Yeah. The band was playing. We was in a good mood. We cooked so, up some s'mores. That's yeah. all. It would be a hot time in the whole town tonight. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was market day. It was market day. Uh, But he told the court that he had no apologies to make. In a landmark decision, the United States Supreme Court reversed the convictions on the grounds that the Due Process Clause of the United States Constitution guarantees the effective assistance of counsel at a criminal trial. In the opinion written by Associate Judge George Sutherland, the court found that the defendants had been denied effective counsel. Pretty soon, Ruth Bader Ginsburg... Co-signed on that. <laughs> so, well, yeah, it sounds too good to be true, Colonel. Is it over? It is not over, Timmy. Why don't you tell us, Tim? It is not over. Now, sure. by now, this case had become a cause celebrity, Tim. Yeah, a cause celeb. And he came back to Judge Hawkins, and he granted a request for a change of venue again. Again, now the defense one at Birmingham being the sophisticated place that it was, um, but the case was transferred to the small rural community of Decatur. Now, I, I just, uh, I'm not getting ahead here, but on this, uh-huh. on this, uh, are, yeah. with yeah. Th- this move by that judge cost him his political <clears throat> career. Did it? Mm-hmm. He, was uh-huh. ne- he was never elected to state o- uh, to any office again. Well, what was ironic about Decatur... Um, Atticus Finch is who we were. It was near the yeah, homes of already. the alleged victims. Got that. And it was deep, deep down in Wu-Tang Clan territory. Wu-Tang right. Clan territory? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those guys with the sheets and uh, yes. burning okay. the crosses and whatnot. That's okay. like Wu-Tang Clan. So, Moronville. Moronville. Yes. Now, the American Communist Party maintained control over the defense of this case, and they retained uh, a New York lawyer, criminal defense one, and his name, who they should have got, was Bobby Lee Eggers. Mm-hmm. But they did not get Bobby Lee Eggers, Timmy. Who did they get, Colonel? They got Samuel Leibowitz. Yeah. Hmm. Now, all these poor bastards down there, they could not, on the Sabbath, go to Temple in Alabama. Because there existed nary a temple in Alabama. So these guys, well, you know how popular they was when they got down there. Yeah. It, so. Yeah. It, but. He becomes the, I mean, it's like, you know, Jesus. 
but this you, guy you was, don't have much of a chance anyway and you know you're making things worse by sending down counsel if there's if there's some you know if if uh, if the if blacks were hated in the south <laughs> The last thing you wanted to be to do would be defended by a Jewish attorney. A New York Jew. That's yeah. what they want. They, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. They love them down there. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, but this son bitch, Samuel Leibowitz, he ain't never lost a murder trial. And, and, he was a registered Democrat, Timmy. Oh. Yeah. Well, and South he had no South connection to the Communist Party. They also kept Brodsky on the second chair of the trial. Mm-hmm. Now, the case was assigned to District Judge Edward Horton who, and tried in Morgan County. Um, his appointment drew local praise. He carried a loaded pistol in his car throughout the time he presided over these cases. Yes. Now, I imagine, I mean, how would you like to, I wouldn't even you know, be on that legal team and be scary. You know, it's crazy about these defense lawyers, though. The good ones, you know, the ones that are popular, whatever, take on these things. They're not afraid of anything. Yeah. You know, they don't... I mean, it, it takes a lot of guts to go go down. Yeah, of course, you know, he was praised and he was a hero in New York. He was the glory of Aldridge. Gloria Aldridge of but, his day. But going down in the deep south and to defend nine black men... Oh, he's not of, popular. ...or raping uh, uh, two white women. Yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, how they'd strung him up if they had a chance. Yeah. Well, yeah. So two years had passed since first trials, and this had not dampened the community's hostility toward these boys. Okay? But others believed they were victims of the Jim Crow justice, Timmy. Mm-hmm. And that the case was covered by numerous, na- and the case was covered by numerous national newspapers. At the trial, there were 100 reporters at the press tables, Timmy. 100 reporters. And hundreds more were gathered out on the courthouse lawn. Plus one some bitch in his bathrobe wandering around. He was the Looking boy for his from paper. the first case. Yelling yeah. at people to get off his lawn. National Guard <laughs> members uh, in plain clothes mingled in the cl- through the crowd looking for trouble. Um, the Sheriff's Department brought the defense and defendants into court in a patrol wagon guarded by two carloads of deputies armed with automatic shotguns. Now, Leibowitz asserted his trust in the God-fearing people of Decatur and Morgan County. Yeah, they probably shouldn't have. No, he didn't. He made a pretrial motion to quash the indictment on the grounds that the blacks had been systemically excluded from the grand jury. Now, although this motion was denied, this got the issue in the record for future appeals, Timmy. I understand. And as a as a somebody who could have been a lawyer, if you were to take in the bar, um, you know how important appeals can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Timmy. Yeah, I'm appealing for to you to get on with the story. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 are we really doing this here? Yeah, yeah please. So Leibowitz called the editor of Scottsboro Weekly News. You just want to do your hobo thing. Oh. Let me let me say about this appeal. It's funny though. You'll get to it later. But yeah. <laughs> So so should I just cross so, that part out? So yeah. so so when this goes up to the Supreme Court, right? This question of where they've got black jurors, they got a pool of jack black jurors, right? Because that's the, mm-hmm. that's the question, right? Uh, equal justice uh, uh, under the law, Fourteenth Fourteenth uh, Amendment, due process. They they get they have they they take the um, 
they take the log, the, the journal of all the all the um, jurors, mm-hmm. and at the bottom of the pages, people, they write in the black people's names. You can <laughs> scrub, scrabble, scrabble it in. Well, Leibowitz called the editor of Scottsboro Weekly Paper, who testified that he had never heard of a black juror in Decatur. And you know why? Because they he, said, like black people, I'm he said they all steal. No. No, that's what he said. Oh, that's what he said. That's what he told Leibowitz. Leibowitz called the editor of the newspaper. You wrote it. The newspaper said, I'd never even heard of a black juror in Decatur because they all steal. So anyway, he called local jury commissioners to explain the absence of African Americans from Jackson County juries. When Leibowitz accused them of excluding black men from juries, they did not seem to understand his accusation. What's wrong? <laughs> Why are you looking I'm at me? I'm not following you. <laughs> yeah. It was. It, it's. It, and, and really, that's the whole. I mean, that's a key element here. When you're talking about, it, he was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Yeah, no they black don't. Even, they can't even see the. Injustice. They did not even see that this lack of inclusion was so ordinary. It was just. Yeah. Unconscious to them. It was yeah, they, it was just part of their lives. Now, since most blacks could not vote um, after having been disenfranchised by the Alabama Constitution, the local jury commissioners probably never thought about them as potential jurors. Now, Leibowitz called local black professionals as witnesses to show they were qualified for jury service. He called John Sanford, an uh, African-American of Scottsboro, who was well-educated, well-spoken, and respected. He called his son, too. I can really understand why people don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> Now, the defense attorney, Timmy a little t- cantankerous today. I want to get to the hobo convention. <laughs> well, go. Okay. So the defense attorney showed that Mr. Stanford was evidently no, qualified. No, no, no. Come, on, except- come on, come on, Chuck. Okay. Come on, Chuck. And all men except Bob. Now, the defense attorney showed that Mr. Sanford was evidently qualified in all manner except by virtue of his race to be a candidate for participation in the jury. While the pretrial motion to quash the indictment was denied... Uh, Leibowitz had positioned the case for appeal. The issue of composition of jury was addressed in the second landmark decision by the U.S. Supreme Court, which ruled that race could not be used to exclude anyone from juries. In the Decatur trials, Ruby Bates testified for the defense. She stated that neither her nor Victoria were raped. Mm. Now, Bates testified... The night before the alleged rapes, she and Price were visiting their boyfriends in a nearby hobo village. Not just a hobo camp, Timmy. This was a whole village. How would you it like takes to be? A village. How would you like to be the village idiot in a hobo village? I'm not the mayor. I or the not. mayor. I, would like I bet to they be hold the elections every other day. <laughs> I bet they do. It's whoever's got the coolest dog. But anyway, oh, yeah. they said. Uh, anyway, they said they hooked the up with their handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs> they said that they uh, hooked up with their boyfriends the night before and engaged in fornication, coitus, coitus, fornication. The beast with two backs. Or I one, would like whatever. to. They were bumping uglies, <laughs> and you know those were really uglies. Hobo's got ugly. Helen Keller was born in Alabama. 
Was she? Yeah. There you go. And justice was just as blind as she was, Timmy. When she was when she got a college degree and she can't read and write. <laughs> well, more than I have. <laughs> but you know she did something, right? But wow. you know what I can do that Helen Keller can't? Drive. Run down the hallway to my office. Yes. Drive a car. <laughs> Drive a Shoot car. basketballs. Drive a car. Masturbate. Yeah. Play volleyball. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> That's what she said when she fell off a cliff, too. Fell down a well. She screamed her hands off. That's awful. Continue, Colonel. Oh, you did it. Did you started it. I, I, Chuck, that, and then that, Chuck, just because I started it does not mean I condone it. And then, Chuck, and then Chuck's over there going, you know what I can do that Helen Keller can't do? Read the McDonald's drive-thru window. Um, you know, I can think of a thousand things. Oh, you, you know can what do. else I can do is, is use a waffle iron without burning the shit out of my fingertips. Yeah, it's awful, awful. Okay, Victoria Price. Now, Bates this said this might be she, the last show I listened to. She didn't get raped. <laughs> do you listen to these? Devils? No. Victoria I, I, Price I, stuck to a story about the rape until she died. She testified at the second trial the same as she did at the first. But she was combative the second time. Now, the defense made much of the fact that the defendant's legal counsel was hired by a commie and that he was a Jew. Yeah, the Communist <clears throat> Party, represented by a Jewish attorney... Just uh, can't have it. Just rep- can't have you it. You know, d- defending nine black teenagers accused of raping white women. It, it, it just don't go over well in the South. It's not a win-win. No. Now, I mean, at that time. I'm sure they're much more progressive now, like in North Carolina and so forth. Mm-hmm. So the first one they tried was Norris, okay? Yes. Now, to their credit, it took them 14 hours of deliberation to come back and return a guilty verdict and sentence him to death. Well, yeah, they was watching the Louisiana Hay Ride or something. Yeah, well, they wanted to the get... Louis- to- Roll Tide! They wanted to get the free roll lunch. Roll tie roll. Free lunch and dinner. <laughs> roll tide roll. There, there was a game on. Now, <laughs> Helen Keller couldn't do that either, but you can. <laughs> That's right. Leeboy. Okay, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> you know she wouldn't be what a, the what hell? the fuck on Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, what the hell? She's screaming at you. All well, sound, you know what? You all sound like Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> like they have the bitch with you as a partner on Family Feud. <laughs> oh my God! Name, one, name something that you eat at a baseball game. <laughs> we lost him. We have. Uh, I like to apologize for the colonel's behavior. Oh my unseemly. god! <laughs> the correct answer was hot dog. <laughs> what the fuck? Please continue, Colonel. Topic. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. never going to get to the hobo convention. <laughs> no. Leibowitz prompt appeal stayed the execution date, so Patterson Jesus. and Norris were both returned to the death row in Kilby Prison. <clears throat> the other defensive wait. The other defendants. They were waiting in jail for their trials. Um, Leibowitz was escorted to the train station under heavy guard, and he took a train back to New York. This case went before the Supreme Court for a second time, Norris versus Alabama. The court reversed the conviction again, 
Now, because blacks have been excluded from the jury pool, how many times are we going to go through this? Yeah, yeah, the Supreme mean, Court is saying, you know, come on, guys. <laughs> the answer is going to be yeah. the same. So, in, well, I mean, it was a different issue, but still, they were saying, yeah. yeah, you know, come on, this is bullshit. Well, no, I mean, what he was setting up was actually no, worked. was what he set up. He was doing everything. He knew he was going to lose a trial. Yeah. He knew there was no yeah. way. He was working his ass off to get an appeal up to the Supreme Court, and it actually and, worked. And well, it worked at the Supreme Court, but they remanded it back. They remanded it back. Um, now Victoria Price swore out a new rape complaint against the defendants. Um, but she was the sole complaining witness this time. Now, an African-American... Ruby said, Ruby said, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Ruby was done. Well, was like, yeah, Ruby went... Yeah, Ruby, she recanted and she became a uh, witness for the defense. Now, a black man, Cree Kanye, was selected as the first black person since Reconstruction to sit on an Alabama grand jury. Oh, I bet he was welcomed with open arms. And excited. Yeah, now indictment could be made with two-thirds vote, so it didn't really matter if you just had him on there. And the grand jury voted to indict the defendants. Now, Thomas Knight Jr., by now lieutenant governor, was appointed special prosecutor to this case. Now, Leibowitz recognized that he was viewed by Southerners as an outsider. No, <laughs> so, he, he was perceptive. He was on it. He was no Helen Keller, that's for sure. Well, who is? And he allowed the local attorney, Charlie Watts, to be the lead attorney. One thing you can say about Helen Keller, she wasn't prejudiced. <laughs> she, she couldn't tell. Right. So, uh... He, so, Leibowitz was there, but he assisted from the sidelines. Now, Judge Callahan... Either like little signals or something? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like at NASCAR? Like he was at yeah, ball games? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah like a third base coach? I yeah. think he was in all the room that had two tin cans strung together. They were oh, just okay. like, don't forget this. Okay. So, anyway, Judge Callahan reigned all the defendants except the two juveniles in Decatur where they all pled not guilty. Watts moved to have the case sent to federal court as a civil rights case, which Callahan promptly said, screw nah, yourself. He set the retrials for January 20th, 1936. Man, they are not letting this thing go. So here's the final outcomes, Timmy. We're finally getting close to your hobo fest. Okay. January 23rd, Haywood Patterson was convicted of rape and sentenced to 75 years. Yeah. The first time in Alabama that a black person had not been sentenced to death in the rape of a white woman. Now, yeah, I, that, now that's something to celebrate. You got so I get seventy five years in prison. Yeah, he only got seventy five. In, in an Alabama prison, I'm sure they, I'm sure he was treated with kid gloves. Oh, I'm sure they were very nice to him. The guards were. He was a guard favored in there. So I, I read where he got his at. The, they beat the hell out of him because they, you know, uh, they gave him some communist literature. You know, because they were helping him with his defense, and that was in his in his cell, and that, he couldn't even read. But because they, he had communist literature in his cell, the guards took him out and beat the hell out of him. He, uh, well, but he got kind of the last laugh. He escaped from prison and was caught by the FBI in Michigan. <clears throat> but the Michigan governor said. Fuck you, Alabama. I ain't sending any back. Yeah. Well, they asked for extradition. And, um, Michigan. and Michigan said, no. No, yeah. we're going to keep him here. He didn't have be, a good outcome, though. He's going to be an upstanding citizen. He was an upstanding citizen in Michigan for uh, 
approximately six months until he stabbed a man in a bar fight. Well, <laughs> and he was convicted of manslaughter. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a story with all, almost all of them. They all had kind of bad endings. Which is what I'm trying yeah, to get. Okay. He did well. Um, Patterson died of cancer in 1952 after, so he had to be fairly young. Um, after, well, no, yeah. he'd probably been 30 something. That's young for cancer. Yeah. Now, Andrew Wright, he Your was. Your mother t- died of cancer. My mama, my, my mama died of cancer, Timmy. Yeah, she yeah. had the breast cancer. Yeah. I mean, uh, and that's the public service announcement from the colonel is uh, you should, all you ladies out there to listen to the show, get your mammograms regularly. Okay? Could you do that? Thank you, Colonel. And right. you'd be willing to help assist if needed. Um, you can press them real hard against your phone. You, they don't want your assistance. And send a snapshot to the Colonel. Uh-huh. And uh, I will let you know if I see anything peculiar. All right. Thank you, Colonel. So, yeah. So, uh, Andrew Wright was convicted. He was the next one convicted of rape and sentenced to 99 years. Now, he was paroled, but returned to prison after violating parole. He was finally released in 1950, and he was paroled in so, New York State. So it was like 19 years in prison. Basically. Yeah. In 1937, Weems was convicted of rape and sentenced to 105 years in prison. Ten years later, he was... These these, these must have been some model prisoners, because they was getting all kinds of good time. Well, he he I, served I, 10 years on 105 the They wanted to put that... The state wanted to get this behind them. Right. You know what I mean? But they couldn't just let let him go free. So they, you know, they bided their time, and when they got a chance, they got rid of him. And it, it became, a, a, you know, a, a, a blight on not only... It was Scott a pox, Burke. Timmy. It yeah. was a pox on all of Alabama. Yeah, and they wanted they wanted to get it behind him too. But you know, they also had the rednecks down there who were voting, and so they had to please them as well. So, but White, could we not use the red white trash? I thought we was going right. to call thank you politely racist voters who uh, would have been outraged if they just released them. Go ahead. Yeah. Now Clarence Norris, um, Chuck Norris's granddaddy. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, he kicked through the cell doors, um, broke down the concrete walls that's with his hand, and just walked right out of prison. Because that's what Chuck Norris does. Because that's what Chuck Norris does. But what really happened to him? Well, actually, that would have been a nice ending. But what happened is he was convicted of rape and sexual assault and sentenced to raw, raw, raw death. Mm. Governor Bob Graves of Alabama commuted his death sentence to life in prison. He was paroled in 13 years later. Or no, actually, yeah, he was paroled nine years later and moved north where he married and had two children. In 1970, he began seeking a pardon with the help of the NAACP and Alabama's attorney. Yeah, he's the only one that really came out of this thing okay. Well, not okay, but he, I mean, he had a normal life. He got married. He had kids. Go ahead, Colonel. So in 1976, uh, Alabama's leading progressive governor, George Wallace, actually pardoned Norris, declaring him not guilty. And he wrote an autobiography, The Last of the Scottsboro Boys, that was published in 1979. He died um, of Alzheimer's. In 1989, so he lived a pretty good long life. He was the last. Yeah, he was the last surviving. Now, Ozzy Ozzy Powell was convicted again, sent to Kilby Prison with Wright and Norris. While they were being transferred to Birmingham Prison, two officers threatened the men. Powell, somehow, I mean, he was arrested. Blah blah blah. 
He pulled out a pocket knife and cut one of the officers while the other two allegedly put him away with, uh, with their manacled hands. One of the officers just shot Powell in the face, and he suffered permanent brain damage. Powell pled guilty to assaulting the deputy and was sentenced to 20 years. The state dropped a rape charge, rape charge as part of his plea bargain. And he was, he was re- released 13 years later, too, in 1946. Now, the rest, um, July 24, 37, the state of Alabama dropped all charges against Willie Robertson, Ola Montgomery, Eugene Williams, and Roy, Roy Wright. The four had spent over six years in prison. The adults, except for the young boy, was um, the adults were all on death row. After Alabama freed Roy Wright, the Scottsboro Defense Committee took him on the national lecture tour. He joined the United States Army, and he married. He, he got married, and later joined the Merchant Marine. Now, after Wright came back from a lengthy time at sea. He thought his wife had been unfaithful. So, as jealous husbands are wont to do, he shot and killed her before turning the gun on himself and committing suicide. Mm-hmm. Governor Graves had planned to pardon the prisoners in 1938, but he was angered by their hostility and their refusal to admit guilt. Yeah, see, as I said, they wanted it over with early. I mean, well... Yeah, he refused the pardons, but did commute Norris's death sentence to life in prison. Now, Ruby Bates toured for a short while as a speaker with the Communist Party. She said she was sorry for all the trouble I caused them and claimed that she did it because she was frightened by the ruling class of Scottsboro. Later, she worked in a New York spinning factory, and I believe this spinning has something to do with textiles. I believe you're right. Um, except for the midget part, the midgets do a different kind of spinning. Right. Um, I seen but that. She was not I seen that on that X hamster page that Brittany Chacon was she talking was, yeah, about. Yeah, but uh, Ruby Bates was not a uh, was not a midget. No, so I believe she was doing textiles. When she was ten, she could have done the midget stuff. But and if you're still doing that when you're old, you become a spinster. <laughs> that's spinning yeah. That's where they get to. T- you get about. Well, you, you get 11 like Brandy, cats. Brandy's age. Pretty much Brandy's age. Yeah, yeah you grow a penis. You yeah. get a bunch of cats. Yeah. And, and then you sit in it. I have, I am sans cat and penis. Hmm. Yeah, so you say. Okay. We're going to have to agree. Again, we're going to have to agree to disagree. Um, <clears throat> now. When do women start growing a penis, Colonel? Um, right at about 40, I believe. Isn't that what we looked up on Wikipedia? I think we did, yeah. Yeah, that's what Wikipedia said. Anyway, and 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 uh, med time state. they're fifty, they're pretty much hung. <laughs> oh, they're like John Holmes by the time they're fifty. Yeah. I mean, and it's a shame you guys go the actual opposite way and, <laughs> and turn into women. Yeah, well, you know, ours are pulled down by the weight of our. Well, testicles. your dick shrinks <laughs> and your testicles hang like meat curtains. <laughs> no, they're a lot like meat curtains with two little dangly things in there. Curtains. What that's what they curtains? are. I'd call them more meat. Knockers? I don't know. Knockers, yeah. There you okay, go. so you have like knockers. The, it's like those things. That, you see yeah. those steel balls? You with the rope with the string. And the energy yeah, goes so you through have, the clackers. So you essentially have... Clappers, yeah. yeah. Clackers. Clackers. You, meat clackers. You essentially have a clitoris and meat clackers by the time you hit 50. You Sucks know, for you guys. I don't, I don't like I don't your tone. agree with that. I don't like your tone. I don't like your tone. What's with you? Why you I think you why, need to why use... Why you got such hostility to men, lesbian? 
you know, well, here's, here's especially the thing. since you're going to be one. Here's yeah. what. Here's my thing. I'm going to punch you in the throat. <laughs> so what you should do is finish while you're still able to make words. Well, Price, who everyone was presumed dead in the 1970s because she had uh, gonorrhea, uh, everything else. I'm sure she picked it up somewhere. I, she did not have gonorrhea. I don't want this woman. She to sue is enough. dead now, so she can't sue us. Well, so, I'm gonna say this. That's what NBC said too. She sued them. No, she was dead. She was dead. She dead now. Right. She was a lying no, gonorrhea no. core. All right. All okay. Right. Right. That's 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 coming from. Charles Walters. Oh, so now you're throwing out a disclaimer of views and opinions do not yes. reflect the yes. official yes. history it, dweebs. Yes. She was a lying, skanky hoe. So anyway, but she did sue a like NBC News. <laughs> That's dead. Ooh, ooh, ooh. What was... Now see, have you no dignity, devil? Oh, I got plenty have you of no dignity. Shame? I have no shame. Listeners, she just... You have no sense of decency, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Listeners, she just sullied the good name of Joanne Georgia Flanagan, one of the finest women to ever, a saint, really, a saintly woman, woman who got up and worked two jobs, was a Tim single mother. now because you've been yammering on for Got up and two jobs for her mom. children, and what did she just do? Uh, she, she. Disparaged her. She, she did. Yeah, yeah. She did. Yeah. Finish the story so I can get to the hobo commission. Okay. Well, anyway. They called her a hooker, NBC News did, and she sued him. The case was settled out of court for four Milky Ways and two blowjobs. No, it was settled um, out of court for money. Was it? Yeah, she got a lot of money out of it. Okay, well, that's that's good, then. She ain't got to prostitute herself no more. She was getting a little bit old. Now, but to a death, stuck Price, with a, Price stuck to her original story. She just liked the devil. Don't matter if it's true or not. She yeah. just stick with it. <sighs> Most of the residents of Scottsboro acknowledged the injustice that started in their community. Samuel Leibowitz went on to serve in the New York State Court, where, ironically enough, he became a strong advocate of the death penalty. This, this is the defense attorney. Yeah. So he he finally seen enough. He was like, you know what? I'm tired. It, it all really it was was a bad day with a client. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know what? Fuck it. Fry them all. I'm done with these some bitches. Mm-hmm. So he became a strong advocate for the death penalty. Now in January 2004, the town dedicated a historical marker and commemoration of the case at the Jackson County Courthouse, right beside the Ten Commandments, and. Uh, on November 21st, 2000, I don't know if they got Ten Commandments, but every courthouse down in the South seems to have Ten Commandments next to them. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be uh, surprising. Would not surprise me. Uh, so, again, if any of our listeners are from Alabama and we have offended you in any way... Yeah, Ohio, uh, Ohio sucks as well, so don't worry. Ohio is a backwards state, too, but we get to make fun of you this week. So, on November 21... The year of our Lord, 2013, hmm. the Alabama Board of Pardons and Paroles granted posthumous pardons to Weems, Wright, and Patterson. Hold on, hold well, on, who Chuck. Gives a shit? Hold on, Chuck. Brandy, that means after they're dead. Yeah, after they're dead, devil. Yeah. Posthumous. Yeah. That's um, why I said, that's why the word, so who gives a shit, came out of my face. Well, if they get that, a, that comes out of your face a lot of times, like... Like, look, hey, Brandy, your, your son walking out through the screen door and he walking out into the street and the traffic. So, like, now you're accusing, so now you're accusing me of being a bad mother. 
You just called his mom a whore. Be careful. You just called my mom a whore. But I don't my talk, I don't talk about your fathering skills. You right. have talked about my fathering I have skills. Never. So on November 21, year of our Lord, year of our Lord, 2013, yes. Alabama Board of Pardons and Parolees granted after dead pardons to Weems, Wright, and Patterson. The only I, I love how you broke boys. that down so you didn't have to use those fancy words. Well, I. <laughs> So if you, uh, um, they granted the pardons, and they were the only ones who not had not had their convictions overturned, nor received a pardon. Now, as Pink say, let's get this party started well, with the hobo party. Okay, so the bottom line is nine innocent men served years in prison. Now you're going to sum up? And they, uh, finally they're pardoned. Justice Russ, finally pardoned Justice them. is served. Justice is served. A little late. A little late, but justice was served. Okay, so, the Hobo Convention is coming up soon. I know you two are big fans of the Hobo Convention. It's being held in Britt, Iowa. And I'm going to ask me for a rundown of the events. Well, Tim, what, what's a rundown of the events? Now, are they going to have the big pudding eating contest this year? Well, yes, they are. Am I? Wait a minute. It's Hobo Days in Britt, Iowa. It's August the 5th through the 9th. Now, Can I be Hobo Queen? No, because you're not qualified. I'm going to tell you why. I just didn't want... Oh, now, so I got ahead of you. Can I please discuss the itinerary? Or oh, please do. On Wednesday, August the 5th, is the uh, sidewalk sale. All Brit sidewalk sale, so you can go on the sidewalk and buy sidewalk stuff. Hobo gear. Yeah. Well, I now wonder, you, I wonder if Eddie you Bauer, buy much. I wonder if Eddie Bauer and American Eagle are going to have little stands down there. But you shouldn't if, buy much because you have to take it like on the go. Now, hey, now, now, now you want to get. I'll make right. this very quick, but I got to tell you something that I learned. I seen one of those guys standing Christ. on a corner. Mm-hmm. that said homeless. You know, please help me. Talking on their cell phone. No, and. Uh, you know, and I, whether they're homeless or not, I'll usually, if I got a buck or something, I'll give them a buck. Yeah, why don't and you I take a picture son, of it and post it on the Facebook Logan, page like you do with the Logan, kittens my son, and the baby. Right? <laughs> Logan, my son, says to me, that he's like, Dad, that, ain't, that guy ain't homeless. <clears throat> I was like, how you know he's homeless or not? He look pretty homeless to me. He's like, he ain't got none of his shit with him. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, look around. You see a bag anywhere? He's like homeless people. They don't let their. Well, shit yeah, he'd have, his, he'd have his, uh, <clears throat> his trash bag. He'd have his easy chair there if he was lazy boy. No, but no, I didn't realize. I didn't think of that until Logan said. Maybe he didn't people. have anything. You ever think of that? Homeless people always got something. Anyway, seven thirty p.m. on Wednesday, August the fifth, in at the Hobo Convention, you can take a tour of the Hobo Cemetery. That is always a highlight of the. Uh, Do they even have field. headstones? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. Well, I guess maybe. Now, on two, Thursday, August the 6th at 5.30 is the Little Miss Brit uh, contest. That's, you know, the t- tiaras and what is it? The uh, Toddlers and tiaras. Toddlers and tiaras, yes. And that's going to be at the uh, in the city park at the gazebo. I bet that 10-year-old little spinner girl won that thing. Okay. The, um, the official fire lighting will be at 7 o'clock at the Hobo Jungle. Uh, Do they on, light a hobo on fire? I don't know. They light something. Because that would be, be worth seeing. All right. So the next day, August the 7th, got a lot going on. A lot going on. Oh, hobo. The 7th. That's my brother's hobo, birthday. Hobo memorial service going on at the cemetery. There's the Hobo Art Gallery. 
Uh, and the unveiling of the 2016 King and Queen, uh, no, 2015 King and Queen portraits. That's for the people who are the current King and Queen. They get their portraits taken. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Then there's the Vagabond Craft Show and Collectibles. Uh, the uh, Hobo Putt Put Golf Tournament is also on Friday the 7th. Um, that's followed by um, the Chamber of Commerce Bingo, uh, big bingo uh, contest with uh, cash prizes. The uh, Hobo Poetry Reading will be on that evening. It's a poetry slam. Let uh, me just tell you this. If you're going to buy shit from the hobos, though, mm-hmm. they do not honor their warranties, Timmy. Colonel, here it is. Friday, August the 7th, at 5.30 p.m., the pudding-eating contest on Main Street. And you know what? You know what the mistake I made, Timmy? How? I chose tapioca. Yeah. Those little ball things in there, they fill you up. That slows you down. At 6 o'clock is the cow chip chucking contest. Yes. Yeah, Nate. That's on Main Street. It's all in the wrist right there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There's Hobo Entertainment that evening. There's a family concert uh, featuring Irish folk uh, bands and the Commodores. Commodores, Commodores, Commodores? Like house Commodores? I the brick. I guess. House. Uh, and then on Saturday, yeah, August the 8th, it. there's the parade with Grand Marshal Harold Bookelman. Oh, know. that guy. I don't know who he is, but that it, guy. Is that uh, no Richie dead? Uh, no. no. Is he a hobo now? No. Putt-Putt no. Golf continues the following day, uh, as does the bingo. There's the Cranky Train Car Rides. A Cranky Train Car I don't ride. know what it is. I'm just reading. Is it people in a pissy mood on a train car? Now, on Saturday and at noon, there's free mulligan stew. Um, for That's free while supplies last. I don't understand mulligan stew. Uh, well, I don't know, it's, but it's free. What the hell? Uh, no, no. Uh, the King and Queen Coronation will be there on Saturday at 1 p.m. at the gazebo. And I can't, really, I cannot, I cannot be queen? What, no, because you have to ride, you have to have ri- ridden the rails. Have you ridden the rails lately? I have. There's some frequently asked questions I'll get to in one moment. Uh, toilet bowl races on Main Street. Yes. Uh, that's going to happen that Saturday at 3 o'clock. Um, there's going to be a gospel hour, uh, then more hobo entertainment at the Hobo Jungle. Uh, What's a hobo jungle? Uh, it's a jungle made up of hobos. <laughs> there's a classic car, truck, and motorcycle show. Well, that's stupid. There's a craft show. That's on Sunday, August the 9th. There's the cheerleaders omelet breakfast, and the Craft Brothers Band will be performing. Why would you have a classic car show at a hobo and convention? My favorite, the homemade pie and ice cream social uh, will cap off festivities. That's on Sunday, August the 9th at 1.30. Now, you may have some frequently asked questions about hobos. Maybe. I do. What you? What is a hobo, you might ask? I, I know. Okay. That's the million-dollar question. It is. It's the best, descri- the best description of a hobo is that it, they are a... Uh, uh, a uh, worker who migrates, a migrating worker. Okay, uh, why do they hop on trains? That's probably something that you've asked yourself. I have. Because uh, they don't have Uber. Well, they do it because it's free and they're going from place to place. And trains, they use trains for transportation. But why would you have a classic car show at a hobo convention? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't schedule this shit. I'm just reading it. Well. 
Is uh, is being a hobo illegal? The question is, the answer is yes. By definition, it's, it's very, yes. very illegal and extremely dangerous, and you may get locked up for a long time, as we've learned in our story today. And hobo is a very rapey profession. It is a rapey it profession. There's a lot of hobos. There's a lot of rape involved with hobos. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you hop a train to the convention? That's what a lot... You know, you asked that question earlier. I did. Very few hobos travel to the convention uh, by freight train. Uh, There's only sporadic uh, freight service available to Brit, and uh, only two to three trains a day passing by, which seems to me adequate, but... That seems like bullshit to me. um, What is there to do at the hobo convention? I think I've answered that. Oh, Uh, I think you have. (laughs) (laughs) Where can I stay? Well, there's lodging. There's there's, there's, there's I a, thought they just stayed in the woods. Not a there's motels. They stayed at a hotel. There's there's <laughs> oh, a, there's a a, there's hotels in Clear Lake. You know Clear Lake. We know where Clear Lake, Iowa is. You know what happened there? The bunch of people got killed. That was the last concert, Buddy Holly. Oh yeah. And then they bunch of people got killed. Yeah. Uh, or you can stay in Mason City. Anything uh, we talk about, a bunch of people got killed. Can you drink at the convention, Hobo Convention? Say yes, say yes. Uh, public drinking is not allowed in Britt, Iowa, but there are several taverns where you can uh, man can have a drink. Can I run for king of the hobos? Now, here we get. I want to be king of the hobos. Only a true rail rider can uh, run for king of the hobos. Candidates are selected by a panel of former kings... The citizens of Brit elect the king during a ceremony on Saturday night of the convention. So, I'm sorry, Brandy, you are not eligible to be That's hobo queen. Just be, hold on. See, Brandy thinks How because she's ridden a pole for so long yeah. that that's the same as riding a rail. Same. It's not it's the same thing, though. How can you help out, you ask? Well, you can make donate money uh, to the Hobo Foundation. I don't know how, but I'm sure if you want to go to you find me, you can find it. <laughs> um, who can be buried in the hobo cemetery? Hobos. It's kind of like who can be buried in Grant's tomb, isn't it? It goes without saying. So there are your frequently asked questions about hobos and all you need to know about the hobo convention being held in Britt, Iowa, this August 5th through the 9th. It's a a good time is had by all. A week-long celebration of all things hobo. I highly recommend it, even though I've never been there. Now, um, can I use my freaker, frequent uh, train jumper points yes, to get to can. the hobo you can. Convention? You most certainly can. Uh, Brandy, any final thoughts on the Scott Burrell's boys? No. Uh, do you think it was an injustice? I do. I do. Uh, Charles, any final thoughts on the Scott Burrell's boys? They could have done it. You do not believe that. No, I don't believe it, but there was hobos to me. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of raping with hobos. A lot yeah. of raping with hobos. And, and they may have been raped themselves. And it could have been, you know, 10 trains earlier. Carl Panzeran was They raped. could have run into Carl. You know what? It could have been that Carl Panzeran was on a, on a train. And he raped them. Because that was about the time he was hanging around, too. Maybe, maybe these stories intersect and overlap. Has anyone ever seen Carl Panzram and the Scottsboro Boys at the same place at and the same Ruby, time? Ruby Yates and Victoria Price. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. All right. Uh, where can people find us, Brandy? If they would... I don't think yeah. anyone would ever want to now, but if they did, where could they find us? They can find us on Facebook. We have two pages on Facebook. We have History Dweebs page, and then we have History Dweebs, the podcast, 
And if you join us there, send us requests. It's a lot of fun and merriment. Wouldn't you agree there's fun and merriment? Fun and merriment. It's joyous. And uh, Charles, where else can people find us? They can find us on Twitter. Twitter at HistoryDweebs1. Um, now, on the uh, what they're going to find this, about what time in August they're going to find us on No Folk Express. We are going out um, to the Hobo Fest. We're going to be at Fest. We'll have our little table set up. on YouTube yet, besides the things of your damn dog. But we are going to be on the, at the Hobo Convention broadcasting mm-hmm. live broadcasting in Brent, live. Iowa. That's not happening. Um, and we're going to see if we can get raped by some hobos. <laughs> I am too pretty for hobos. <laughs> I'm, you know, the last time the hobo thing was there, it wasn't so much to raping. Uh, is they, I, and I'm just going to say it. I don't want to. Well, be, don't be judgmental. But hobos steal shit, Timmy. Oh, I they thought steal. you was going to say they don't bathe often. Then well, no, it. they don't bathe. Hygiene is not a is not, not a critical issue to hobos. Right, but it, it is critical to someone who's getting raped by a hobo. <laughs> Not really. I think the lack of lubricant often is well, the bigger problem. If they're dirty and dirty flour. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know. Yeah, but when the peckers are all gritty and sandy, wouldn't you think that'd make it worse? I. <laughs> we'll see you again next time on History Tweets. Bye, everyone. Good day. Brandy, say goodbye. Jesus Christ. Bye. Bye bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.